Welcome to Education Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. In this episode, you will hear part one of my conversation with Howard Walk, who recently retired as provost of Gutman Community College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I am your host, Jeff Yan. My guest today is Howard Walk. Howard retired in 2021 as the Provost and Vice President of Academic Affairs at Gutman Community College, part of the CUNY system in New York. Previously, he held various other VP and Dean level positions at LaGuardia Community College and Bronx Community College. And then prior to that, he was a professor in history. Am I right, Howard? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, well, welcome, Howard. Thank uh, you, Jeff. Yeah, we've we met um, we met a long time ago. You were you were you were one of the uh, one of the pioneers, one of the first people, at least for me. Um, uh, you know that really venture out of that. You know that my my own initial institution when we were building the education um, that I spoke with outside and uh, I learned so much and that was what like oh gosh it was um, I'm trying nine? to think it was maybe 2009 yeah yeah something like that yeah that's yeah. about right yeah I think so it's definitely so over that's... ten years yeah <laughs> that's, a, that's a while ago <laughs> yeah it is it is you had many titles before. Before, before, I felt like I've seen your career just like skyrocket. I think it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when I, when I started working with ePortfolios and when you and I met, um, at that point I was still on the faculty, but I had moved into a kind of semi-administrative position uh, they created a title for me, basically director of instructional technology at at Bronx, and uh, th- it was in that capacity that you and I met. I was in that capacity when we met, and we were able to get uh, a portfolio pro- program off the ground. And then subsequent to that, I moved in these different administrative directions. Yeah. You know, it's great to talk to a historian about, you know, when we met, because you, you recall everything. Um, well, <laughs> well, there are some things I prefer not to recall, so I, I, blocked, <laughs> I blocked them out. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, um, so you, you know, for that reason, you also have been doing e-portfolios and sort of watching that since pretty early times. I mean, I guess there were people that started even earlier, but I think ePortfolio wasn't very matured until, until, until really like starting from around that time, you know, that people started to have more sophisticated ways to, to really approach it and doing it at scale, which, which you did. Um, Well, semi-scale, I would say, Um, you know, that's something, you know, that's an interesting thing to talk about because it's, it's a very difficult thing to do at scale. Um, you know, I, I, I saw it f- from a, from an administrator's angle, but I also saw it from a faculty angle um, in part because I kind of had one foot in each place at that time, 
back in 2008, 2009, but also because, um, because of all of the work that I did with professional development to, to help kind of bring faculty into the portfolio world. And so I, I got pretty familiar with the, the paths that have to be followed for that to work. And they are, um, they're, they're challenging. They can be a big challenge. So, yeah. Um, now it's, it's been a long time, you know, since, since, since we met, since you started at Bronx Community College. And of course, with both our friend, um, Jordy Getman, um, who's still at Bronx today, doing well. Um, and, um, but after, after, after being at Bronx, you then moved to LaGuardia Community College, which is another sort of e-portfolio powerhouse. Yeah. Um, and I know that there were a lot of people very involved in various, many aspects of portfolios there as well. Uh, but then you also had picked up a lot of other responsibilities and subsequently became the provost at uh, Gutman Community College. Right. Right. Yeah, LaGuardia was, it was, it had a very large portfolio program, um, which predated my time there by quite a lot. Um, and uh, my, my responsibilities there were really directing the, the whole professional development structure that, that had been built up there over the years. And um uh, so it, it included lots and lots of different kinds of initiatives and and administrative directions and faculty interests, uh, portfolios being one of them and being kind of in a, having a kind of a central role. Uh, but but there were many many other kinds of um, of of work that that were going on there. Um, I think particularly about and this was also something I was involved in at Bronx the work to create a, um, an effective freshman year program for mm-hmm. community college students. Um, I, I started to do that at BCC. I actually, I spent a year at BCC as the interim provost. And um, during that year, I was able to kind of kickstart uh, a first year seminar in, and put it into place there. Uh, subsequently, it, uh, after I had left Bronx, it, it continued. It, it showed good results, and um, and became institutionalized. I was really proud of that. Uh, and then when I came to LaGuardia, there was a similar sort of effort underway, and also ultimately became institutionalized. Um, and portfolios were involved in both of those efforts. Uh, they were part of both of those efforts, I would say. Um, the efforts themselves were broad, had lots of different dimensions to them, as they have to. Um, so those were those were some uh, some highlights, I think, of of the things I was involved in over the years. Yeah, I I mean we didn't talk about Gutman yet because there's no, there's I, much I, more that you did there, yeah. but mm-hmm. but but I I think that. <clears throat> You know, it's interesting because I, um, you know, we've been sort of looking back, I guess, you know, the reflective, you know, part of, you know, what we, we have to do for ourselves too, right? It, we look back and, and interestingly, 
we see that a vast majority of schools that use digication to any level of success almost always are not you doing portfolio alone. It's almost always portfolio, but in combination of first year seminars or first year experience or capstone or, or, or service learning or study abroad or, you know, oftentimes some kind of high impact practice or some kind of, you know, active learning type projects, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the playground. That's kind of where it hangs out. Yeah. Um, and it almost always is like part of that. It's not like, it's it's actually almost never just alone. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense um, because it's a kind of an amplifier, the portfolio. You know, it's... Um, it's a way to to build on work that's take that the student is doing in one kind of activity or another of the of the sort that you were just mentioning, and so I think that's where it has the biggest impact. It's pretty tough to do, and my experience in my experience, I I, I seldom saw um, a kind of standalone program that would be. Or not even a pro- program is the wrong word. Standalone utilization that mm-hmm. would be uh, put into place, say, by a a specific English professor or a specific history professor. Um, that takes a tremendous effort and on the part of the professor and right. and commitment and um, and and lots and lots of planning and and uh, trial and error and. And uh, it's tough to do that on your own. Um, but if it's built into a, a degree program or it's built into a departmental effort that is encompassing a multi-section course, 15, 20, 30 sections of a course, right. then you have, you've got the framework that, that, yeah. that can really make it work much more efficiently. Um, and would, and then allows people to sort of step step up and step forward, uh, and it can also you know make up in a sense for the the pieces of a program or the people within a program who are not really stepping up. Um, it's it's you know as I said before it's a very portfolios are a a complex um, type of pedagogy and and institutional effort to, to, to mm-hmm. organize right. and to, and to make successful. Yeah. You know, which is interesting because, you know, um, somehow you, whether you were drawn to it or they wanted your talents for it, you know, all the institutions that you, you were involved with at some point, somehow you ended up making these larger systems, larger program drives, mm-hmm. um, to 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 make these things work and it's not really just portfolio i would say it'd be really kind of like you was describing in laguardia you are really looking at professional development in a very holistic way and portfolio being a component of it but you are free to use all kinds of different tools and 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 and, and tricks and and different ways to engage people and that just happens to be one of the things that you you use as a tool but it that's actually really insightful um way to think about 
for people that, because I, I see a lot of people that talk to me now and say, hey, we, we're trying to launch portfolio at a school. And I, I find myself always looking at like patterns like yours, you know, trying to get some pattern recognition here, have this many years. <laughs> and, and, I, and I find that the patterns look a lot like that, which is more like, well, what type of initiatives, what type of, you know, what type of big things are you doing at the school? Um, that is meaningful to people that are engaging people, whether it be at the faculty level, student level, it really, you know, it doesn't matter because it could be, like you said, a faculty professional development, but it could also have been a first year experience, which is a, you know, a new part piece of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can use it as that amplifier or as that place to sort of, you know, enhance the engagement that you can you have to do anyway, you know, you have to engage in them in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, and the other, the other piece of the, of the process that, that I certainly saw um, again and again is the, is the jump that the faculty members need to make faculty need to make the conceptual jump. Mm-hmm. Um, now for some people, it's not that difficult to do. Um, you know, the idea of student-centered learning, the idea of active learning, the idea of experiential learning, all of those are are not new. And they all had a kind of genesis uh, apart from the availability of an electronic portfolio. But they all fit, the portfolio fits very well as an amplifier of those, those that, that type, those kinds of learning. Uh, and it's, 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 it's up to the faculty really to be able to, to make that integration work, to make the, the, uh, the bringing together of a, a particular kind of pedagogy with that tool, with the, with the technology that's then available. It's very similar to the kinds of, um, conceptual jumps that are needed to teach online. Uh, or to teach well online, it's not that different. Um, you have to, you have to, you have to give up something in order to put that kind of agency into the hands of students. Mm-hmm. And there are certainly no, there's a lot of folks who get that, who understand it, and those tend to be the people who, who are able to grasp the potential of a portfolio for a student, and are able to run with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So let's talk about professional development for a little bit, because that mm-hmm. became something that you, um, I feel like that maybe you're right, like as we met, you were sort of having sort of both roles, you were both in the classroom, but you're also doing mm-hmm. administration, but it almost mm-hmm. feels like that a lot of the administrative parts became a, a large part of your interest in, in the latter part of the your career and in in how many years have you been in community colleges? Well, I started at Bronx in 1998, so it was 23 years, something like that. Um, you know, I started on yeah. the faculty at Bronx in '98, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it wasn't really until yeah. about nine years or so later that that I began to kind of put one foot into administrative tasks. Right, um, right. And then I, w- I was doing that kind of straddling act for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, before uh, before I, I kind of went fully into administration. 
Yeah. Uh, and professional development was, in a sense, the the entry point for me, which mm-hmm. is a little bit unusual. I don't know that that's the the that common uh, a kind of a path for people to take from faculty from the faculty side to administrative to mm-hmm. administrative work. You know, I I was never a department chairperson, uh, which is the more common kind of mm-hmm. of um, of route. Um, just as it you know, as things unfolded, that just never happened. I probably would have had I stayed in the faculty, but but I, I didn't do that. And, um, you know, it, there were times where I felt that that was a little bit of a disadvantage for me because that is, that's the, um, you know, that's the, 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 uh, the, the real boots on the ground administration is, is department chairpersons, department chairs. Right. You're um, dealing with the real fire that, I, that you are the first line of defense, isn't it? Absolutely. If there's yeah. a problem with students, you're the one who hears about it. If there's a problem with a faculty <laughs> member, you're the one, you're the first one to get it. Right. Then sometimes you got to kick it upstairs, but, uh, but, but it's department chairs that, that really do that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I never got that. I never had that experience. So I had to wing it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hear a lot of people that, um, you know, a faculty that sort of rotate into that position. And it also could have made it so that you wouldn't like it. And then you it's, just very, it. <laughs> it's very possible. Right? It's right? very possible. So I've seen well, it. It's we, it's, we know a few people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in our circles that are like, no, no way, I'm never going to do that again. It's right? uh, <laughs> it's because it's a t- it's a very tough position because it's a, yeah. you know it's a kind of a middle management job. Yeah. Um, as our deanships basically, uh, but but with a with in a different part of the structure. Yeah. Uh, and so you know you have a certain scope as a department chair to to guide the ship in a certain direction, but it's not a very substantial scope uh, because you've got the dean breathing down your neck and telling you, you got to do X, Y, or Z. Um, and the provost is breathing down the neck of the dean. And, um, and you're the one as the chair who's got a, who's kind of, who has to execute while right. negotiating all the people in your department who can't stand the dean or who, who love <laughs> right. the provost but hate you. You know, right. it's just, right. it's, it's, right. All, it's all, this is, every this direction, is the game. This is the game. Yeah. You're kind of like the punching <laughs> bag from all sides. Yeah. 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 Um, Right, I think a lot of people don't survive that, so maybe it's well, a good thing there, that you didn't, well, you didn't do it. Maybe, but there are also other people who end up doing it for thirty years. Right, you know, there are it's plenty true. of them too. Mm-hmm. So, 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 let me ask you, ask you this then. We we didn't talk about Gutman yet, mm-hmm. uh, which is when you went there as a as a provost, right? And you had a previous you know stint at Bronx as an interim provost um prior to that and um so what was that like i mean you know you were asked to go and be a provost at this college and we should tell people a little bit about gutman sure um and maybe just to contrast these three institutions right okay um yeah so gutman is is the newest undergraduate college in cuny it it was uh it opened the doors in 2012 um, it was the product of several years of, of work, planning work, um, that actually began maybe around 2007 or eight, 
And uh, I was I was actually involved at the very, very early stages of that planning. But I had to give it up because it literally required me to to leave the Bronx campus, come into midtown Manhattan and uh, and spend several hours. And it was it was difficult for me to do my job at BCC and stay engaged with that work. So I, I bowed out of that. Uh, but I sort of knew about what was happening there at the very beginning. And in, in essence, it was an attempt by the university, the then chancellor of the university, Matthew Goldstein, to uh, create a new model of a community college that would address uh, some, of the, uh, some of the challenges that had become very, very clear, uh, pri- primarily the, the challenge of, of completion. Uh, that so many community college students enter but never finish, and uh, and that there's a social cost we all pay for that, in addition to the personal cost of of uh, uh, that's paid by the student who who enters hoping to to earn a degree but never does. Uh, so Gutman was constructed with the with the idea that it would be put together so that completion would become more possible for the students who came to the college. That was the goal. And so it was set up with a, a very particular structure. And, you know, we can talk about some of the aspects of, of that. Um, it would take a while to, to cover all of it because it, it really was a new model of an institution yeah, yeah. Uh, based on what, what the research was showing at that time. Uh, you know, again, about 15 years ago, 13, 14, 15 years ago. Um, when I arrived there, it was the spring of 2017, April of 2017. Uh, so the college had been in place for about five years at, at that point. Um, I was the fourth provost uh, in five years. So, you know, and as I, I've, I've said um, on a couple of occasions, <laughs> I might have paid closer attention to that fact uh, than, <laughs> than I did. Um, you know, there there were there were problems in the initial in the initial startup, and mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, I I was aware of some of them, but not other aspects of it. And it wasn't really until I arrived there that I began to learn. Uh, how that structure was working, what pieces of it were successful, what pieces of it were not, and that would then really need to change for the institution to, to prosper. Right. Um, so it was a, it was a, it was, I was coming into that chief academic officer role at a, in a very unusual place, not at all like a traditional college, uh, not at all a traditional college structure, just as a, you know, as a, a kind of starting point, there are no academic departments at government. There will be. Um, at some point, I stopped working there uh, last summer in August. So prior to that, uh, over really almost the entire previous academic year, so the 2020-2021 academic year, we had started with the faculty a process to create academic departments. Um, and that, uh, is going to go forward. Um, you know, it hasn't been done yet. It's a complicated kind of thing to do mm-hmm. institutionally, mm-hmm. got all kinds of ramifications and it'll, it'll happen eventually. But, um, but it was something that I 
began to perceive as a need. And, mm-hmm. um, and it took, it took a while after I was there before we were able to begin to, to try to push to make that happen. Right, right. Um, so the, the uh, faculty, by the way, the faculty really wanted it. They wanted it from the mm-hmm. beginning, but sure. there was, there was kind of object, there was, obje- there were objections to that, uh, to establishing departments, um, which were based on the, the original concept of how the college was supposed to be organized and how departments can interfere with certain kinds of um, innovations, primarily. Mm-hmm. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. Right. Interesting. And and I think it's important for for people who don't know about Gutman to know that CUNY, the City University of New York, is is a is a big a big organization with 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 you know almost what a quarter million to three three hundred thousand students yeah it's uh yeah i don't know what the numbers are now i mean everybody's struggling with enrollment but um yeah i mean until until the pandemic prior to the pandemic it was in the range of 250 260,000 undergraduates in i believe 23 undergraduate colleges um no i'm losing track of the numbers now anyway between the undergraduate colleges and the graduate programs and the professional schools there's about 24 25 units yeah. in in the college in the in the university so it's yes right. it's an enormous system it's it's, very, it's a big, big system big. it's got a, a a very deep uh branches of 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 control and management all the way from sort of the cuny sort of chancellor down to mm-hmm. each university for each yep. campus, mm-hmm. and Gutman being a brand new, newly conceived idea, and there was a, probably a lot of pressure on on you as well, because every school is looking at it and saying, "Well, we've been around for a while. We have, you know, tens of thousands of students. You are the new kid on the block, literally, <laughs> right? Um, you got a sweet space right in the midtown Manhattan, um, and." Um, how are you going to fare, right? We're going to see. Yeah, there's no doubt that there was a lot of scrutiny, um, yeah. uh, and there was a lot of a lot of kind of raised eyebrows or or squinting. You know, <laughs> what's, going on, what's going on at that place over there? And right, you know, right. I mean, there were you know, this kind of maybe takes us off in a diff- slightly different direction, but part of the part of the conundrum with Gutman is the size. It's mm-hmm. a small place. When I was there for the bulk of the time I was there, we we hovered around a thousand undergraduate, a thousand headcount, um, and uh, a little bit more, you know, eleven hundred maybe, yeah. um, and and that's tiny by CUNY right. standards. You know, my, my and other you have a, and but you also have a space limit. You have you have all kinds well, of other limitations. This, this was at. you know this was the dilemma is that we yeah. were we were constrained by that space. Mm-hmm. We couldn't fit any more students in. Right. Um, you know, we could, there was, you know, the possibility of doing more things on the weekend, more things at night, but right. then there was a curriculum that did not make it easy to do that because it was a very lockstep curriculum where all students, all entering students right. were expected to do exactly the same kind of program. So you couldn't have part-time students. Um, the college did not accept transfers. So, yeah. so there were, there were built-in constraints to growth. And that's a real problem that the college has, you know, was faced 
was facing all along, it became a really acute problem while I was there. And, you know, I know that the folks who are there now are, are still, you know, pushing to solve the problem. But they have to deal yeah, right, sure. But but I, I, I do want to just sort of step back, you know, from the scrutiny that you 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 were getting and the you know the attention that you were drawing to just point out that at least uni as a institution is is trying something new it's it it's not like they try something new already five years before they hadn't tried something new for a long time am i no, right it was it was a, it was a radical move without yeah. a doubt you know the chancellor the, the the chancellor at the time said I'm looking at the community colleges. I see this really severe problem of attrition. Right. How can we fix it? Right. And then he appointed a, a group and said, do the research and come back with a, with a plan to create right. a brand new college mm-hmm. that will address this problem. So that right. was a very radical move, right. without a doubt. You were, given, you were given the ability to do things like what you said. Let's have no academic department to start. Right. Let's right. have, you know, no part-time students. For a community college, that was a that was a bold ask, right? It's very much so. You know, I mean the other, you know, another uh, difference between Gutman and virtually all other community colleges is that it has never had a continuing education unit, uh, mm-hmm. which are very important in 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 the in the function and the purpose of community colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, it was conceived, government was conceived from the beginning as an undergraduate college that would enroll full-time students. Right. And, um, you know, just by, as a point of comparison, LaGuardia, where I worked for four years, has an enormous, enormous continuing ed uh, unit, uh, which, is, which is important for thousands and thousands of people who... Right receive credentials, get, get, uh, retraining, um, right, learn, right. learn new right. skills. Um, and you know, not incidentally, it's, it's an important uh, part of the, the financial structure of community colleges. Right. And the fabric of where, you know, where, you know, higher education sort of stands in, 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 in a, in yeah. a community like that. And yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I certainly on, um, I'm not the one to 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 judge, uh, you know, its success or 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 failure, if any. But um, I do applaud the the willingness to try. Um, and in some sense, um, and perhaps that's to challenge the definition of the community colleges altogether, which, you know, as a open enrollment, you know, um, low costs. Um, place for people to have an undergraduate um, degree, whether it's just a two-year degree or eventually getting to a four-year degree, it there might be a place for that, and we just haven't seen it. We haven't really been experiencing that, right? Um, so, so I think that it's it's probably worth thinking about. Well, it's more than that. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, as I said, it, it was a very uh, radical uh, act to create yeah. this place. And, um, you know, I felt in during my tenure there that we we were kind of moving from startup to whatever the next phase is, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the startup phase was over. And right. 
Um, well, you were also professionalizing it and turning it into a function functioning institution. Um, you have to well, do that as well. Not that it was dysfunctional before. It's just you know no, there there were right. A new I mean, school. It, it, yeah, and it was it was a you know that that transition from startup to the next phase. Mm-hmm necessitates that you look at what you're doing, that you really right. examine the structures, mm-hmm. the outcomes, the data, uh, and make some decisions about what is is working well in the interests of students and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was a lot of what I was grappling with for four years. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty challenging because there were folks there who were very, very committed, almost ideologically committed to mm-hmm. what the original structure had been. But there mm-hmm. were aspects of that that clearly did not work right. and had, had to change for the college to prosper and for students right. to be successful. Right. And so that, that, was, uh, that was part of the job. And it's part of the job for my successor. Yeah. And, sure. I, and I feel like that, that's really why they needed someone like you who's, who's willing to be critical about about its, it, you know, what it has done, right? Um, so that you are not just, look, I, th- I feel like that you certainly recognize the opportunities and the, and, and, and the promise, something this kind of opportunity gives you, right? The mm-hmm. ability to go ahead and say, basically build a new brand new structure. What a sort of like a, like a dream job, fun job for an ed- any sort of education administrators, you know, to be yeah. able to say, oh, I don't, yeah. I can just go blue sky on this, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, well, that was, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is that that was not, when I got there, uh, when I got there, that period really was ending. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone there recognized that it was ending at, the, at, that, at that moment. Um, but, you know, again, you know, I'll go back to what I said before. I, I was, uh, I was provost number four in five years. So, so there were some things, there were some seams in there that were kind of, you know, starting to crack a little bit. And, um, and so that was, you know, that was simply part of the environment that, that I, that I walked into, that I inherited. And, um, Mm -hmm. uh, it was there were there were good days and not so good days. <laughs> this concludes part one of our conversation with Howard Walk from Gutman Community College. To hear part two, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Digication Scholars Conversations is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K through twelve and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Jeff Ian and Drew Albanicius. Thanks for listening. <laughs>